Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And, and we're talking to you from our at-home studio after four months away. Oh, yes, it's cold. It's rainy at the beginning of May. I dragged him oh. kicking and screaming back to the Chicago area. And, and the weather is making me think that maybe he was right. I hate to admit it. And, of course, it's nice to be thinking about something else besides the wedding. Oh, is there anything else going on at the moment? The wedding. Did you get up early? Yes, everybody got up early. Did you see and it? What is ad nauseum? Like? Yes, we saw it ad nauseum. But those of you who are listening in the future already know what her dress looked like. <laughs> But so. before we get too far afield, we okay. want to do a better job this month and mention our contact info up front. Of course. Up front. And uh, let you know that we're fixing the web page so that if you want to contact us, you can. And as a matter of fact, uh, our promptings last month seem to have yielded lots of results. We've gotten many emails, and we do appreciate it. So keep in touch with us, and we're going to comment on some of those emails. But we need to tell the contact information. RVNavigator.com is the website. And navigator at rvnavigator.com is the email. And we do appreciate hearing from you, our dear listeners, who drive the show and make it something better than it really is. <laughs> I try. Well, apparently you do pretty well. We, get, we do. Pretty we get well. pretty many downloads every yes. month. Yes, we do. Cannot complain. No, and we do appreciate all of our listeners. Anyway, we do feel really good that we made it home in yes, one piece. Um, any of you who are living or camping in the southeast United States Ooh. know that this spring has been an especially problematic and one you know, in terms of tornadoes and. Every, every one of the shots that they do on the news, there's always an RV tipped over in the background. Uh, hopefully there was nobody in it. You know, so it was parked next to somebody's house or the tornado tipped it over. Weesh. And that's not to say we couldn't have a tornado where we live, no, but at least not. here we have a basement, which <laughs> leads me to a pet peeve. Why do campground owners have such a cavalier attitude about where you're supposed to go in case there's a storm? Um, as I think we mentioned before, when we we were in Sarasota. They told us to lay in the ditch, um, which had alligators in it and didn't sound very appealing. Um, I was reading. Wet. I was reading one of my favorite blogs last night, and these people were in Tennessee and worried about storms, yes. and they hung out with their lawn chairs in the bathroom, <laughs> which was which is probably just a cement block building, which well, would be blown over right away anyway. Well, yeah. I don't know. I it, of... it just seems to me that it's part of a campground owner's responsibility to provide a safe place for his tenants. Yeah. And, and you see these storms. Uh, these storm chasers uh, taking videos of the storms, but you see cars just kind of, I don't know, it looks to me casually oblivious. driving down the road oblivious to these storms that are kind of going to run them right over. Um, boy, that would be scary to me. But Our trip home, we kept um, a good eye on the weather, and we delayed our final yes, push north did. a day because we could see... Even a 10% chance I'm not going to take. ...big storms coming. And, certainly and I don't like to drive in wind. And an advantage either. to being in an 
RV is that you can a- avoid a storm by driving the other way or away from it. Yeah. Or if you're in a house, there it is. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to get a storm radio for the RV, too. I know everybody's probably saying, oh, they don't have one. But we have one in our well, house. We have a, we have a, a NOAA weather radio, but not one that beeps when the alarms, when the warnings go off. At home here, we are awakened regularly. Which can be annoying. <laughs> And, you know, you can get them that are specific to your zip code and this stuff, so they go off the minimal amount that they have to. But, uh, but again, I where am I going to go in my RV But once it's awakened me? Well, at least I'll be awake and I can look outside and see the storm coming. I can put my clothes on? So no, I'm, no, I'm going to take video. So I'm ready I'm to fly around? My camera. It's, it's a problem. I'll make, I'll make a YouTube video, and we'll have great video for the RV Navigator website. If How about that? If we're alive to talk about it. <laughs> yes. And we were careful about driving up here in, in that area that we just drove through, the Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, Mississippi. We've been to all those places yeah. just in the past few months, and whoa. Those people have, have really been, been suffering. very devastated. We almost went to Tuskegee. No, which, it was Tus- Tuscaloosa. T- oh, Tus- oh, Tuscaloosa. Well, we probably almost went there, too. <laughs> And, of course, the other thing we kept a close eye on, as does everyone who drives these days, oh. is the fuel prices. <laughs> oh, did I, did I get ripped, though? Yeah. Well, what can you do? I know. Well, when you, when you need it, you need we it. were driving through Indiana. Well, but yeah, I was driving through Indiana. We stopped at the Flying J. It was $4.32. I thought, oh, geez, if it's that expensive in Indiana, what's it going to be in Illinois? And it was much cheaper. $4.03. <laughs> so this, I spent $400. But well, having lived in this area. All our lives. My, this has my never comments happened about um, that we now measure things like furniture purchases in terms of tanks of gas <laughs> kind of resonated with many of the of our listeners. Um, but hopefully, we won't be doing that uh, much anymore, uh, at least for the summer. And certainly, it does make me think <laughs> twice about our possible future plan to go to Alaska next summer. Because if the price of gas is this high around here, we know that it's, it's always considerably down. higher in Canada and considerably higher in President Alaska. President Obama is setting up a committee to look into this and why there are speculators in the market. And I'm sure that will have a big effect on fuel okay. prices. But to me, if the big oil companies are making so many so much profits, it would just seem logical that they could lower the prices of the okay. fuel at the pump. So that's my, my little sermon for the day. <laughs> Um, so we did we did hear from several listeners, and I do want to make some comments. And I can't comment on everybody's email, so uh, we do appreciate and we do read all of your emails, and I try to respond. Uh, one of our listeners uh, bought a MiFi. 4510. And you remember the MiFi is a cool product uh, that is a cellular router built into uh, that makes the connection automatically. It's in one single little box. There's nothing else to buy. He bought it for his Verizon system, and I think maybe next year we'd be looking at that when we hit the Verizon network. Uh, he uses it for his laptop and uh, for his uh, general internet browsing. It was $131.32. He doesn't say how much it was a month. Uh, And it is 4G compatible, but he hasn't been to a 4G area yet. Uh, As most of you know, 4G is available only in big cities. And so when you talk about uh, high-speed data service through cell phones, uh, that is something that is critical that you understand. You're not going to get it when you are not uh, in a 4G area. Uh, 3G is good, but but it doesn't really live up to its expectations as far as I can tell. <laughs> She's over there yawning again. She's going to be yawning a lot in this show, I'm afraid. 
Uh, oh, and then we have <laughs> we have uh, Steve who bought a Class A for a hundred dollars. And what a deal! <laughs> and the navigator went wild here just a few minutes ago as we were going over the notes. How can this be? How can this be? And it can be, and we're going to put the link to the $100 motorhome, <laughs> motorhome page. page. They look very good. Yes, they look fabulous. Um, and I'm sure you're going to want to go look at this. I'm not going to say anything more because it's going to be a, it's going to be kind of a surprise when you go and look. But and it, it comes is, with its I was own surprised. storage unit. <gasps> it comes with its own storage unit, all for... At one time, you could buy them for $100. but Now, now you have to rent them. No, it's a little bit more expensive. Okay, and he also mentions he, he liked our picture of the... Pedal-powered RV. That we had last month. And, and being a got... pop-up guy, he's countered with a pop-up camper that's built over the chassis of a grocery cart. Chassis of a grocery cart. It's not even pedal-powered. It's just play pushed. pushed. Okay, so that link will also be up there for you to take a look at, and that comes from the pop-up portal which we mentioned last month. So thanks a lot, Dave, or Steve, for for showing us that. The next uh, email comes from Dave, and uh, he was, says that we, he, uh, the April 15th podcast was especially entertaining, whether hearing you uh, avoid explaining how you afford your retirement. Did we actually talk about how we... We've never we we, we, get, we never talk about how we afford it. Yeah, we let Howard and Linda tell you all about that stuff. We just tassel each other about what we buy. <laughs> we afford it. We're on pensions, and this month is a big month too. Oh, somebody just got his Medicare card. Got his Medicare card, and he's now officially a geezer. Officially a geezer. I've always said, until I turned sixty-five, I always said I was a geezer in training. Well, you're well trained. <laughs> But now I get all the discounts. I can go to any movie theater in the country and get a discount. No question. No questions asked. Well, I've been doing that for quite a while. Anyway, but we are just regular pensioners, so that's how we afford our trip. And we do have a few investments, but <laughs> we don't want to talk about those. You may as well just spend that money because it doesn't do you any good anymore. Uh, we are left wondering if you bought a one tank or two-tank sofa. As of yet, we've bought no sofa. Oh, but no, 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 but let's not let's not let it drop there, my dear. Oh, that's true. <laughs> we bought a, about a 12-tank what? <laughs> we kind of got swept <laughs> off our feet by a set of furniture swept from off our Italy feet. that included no, a wait, dining wait, wait, room table. Our feet? You loved it, you too. You swept a, um, a, a hutch, a coffee table, <laughs> and sort of a bookcase curio cabinet kind of thing. Four pieces and we're waiting for it to come to our home from north carolina oh, and then we, we will finish paying for it <laughs> and we'll measure the tanks then only our tank will be empty and we will be stuck at home for the rest of the month they've also commented about how it is to for both of us to have a gps and i found it rather interesting because really? each gps has its own <laughs> idiosyncrasies uh -huh. and there have been times where my GPS often explains the names of roads rather than the numbers and when you're on a more prominent road and I'm following it on a map I don't know that its local name is Westinghouse Drive or whatever it happens to be I'm looking for the numbers and so I found it useful at times to compare notes with Ken as he was driving with the truck version uh -huh. of the GPS because his tended to have the numbers and I always keep an eye on these machines as big a fan as I am, that, yeah. it, that it makes sense. And um, then she our, overrides it. We make a huge mistake. We talked about that last time. I know we did. <laughs> and our current GPS... But it's still true. 
Our current GPS tends to take us through the middle of cities, even though I've got it set on bus, where the truckers obviously refers you to the bypasses and truck routes. So it's nice to have both suggestions and um, make a final decision for yourself. Um, you can't have too much information. And I see, if I look into my crystal ball, another GPS coming down the road in the future. Why? I actually looked at the maker of the truck GPS, Rand McNally, I looked at their website, and guess what's there? An RV GPS? An RV GPS. And so that's going to be very cool for us to have one that's specifically designed for the RV uh, because it probably will let us go down the Natchez Trace, which would be nice. And one of the things that I think a lot of people will appreciate is, is that it has multiple routing options so that you can say, uh, I want to go on the back roads. I want to go on freeways, but not tollways. I don't want to go on any tollways, no freeways. Quite a few combinations that you can set up so that you can have it root you in the way that you want. So I, I think that'll be uh, that'll be nice to have. It, it probably costs a take or two. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But uh, well, it, becomes, it, says, it says availability in June. So if June comes around and it's available, you may hear about it in more detail later. But uh, right now, I've gone off onto another tangent in terms of uh, another technology project. So sit back and enjoy as I talk about turning a Nook into an Android tablet. She's looking at me quizzically. Well, one of the things, I love the iPad, of course, and we have put it to good use, and it goes with us everywhere, and it has been everything that I expected. And, of course, Apple has sold millions of them since uh, it was introduced, and I haven't really felt the need for the iPad, too, but it looks uh, very nice also. But, of course, there's a big market out there, people who don't want to spend $500 on an iPad or on a tablet computer, and they might like to look at something else, and that is uh, the Nook. The Nook, of course, is sold by Barnes & Noble as a reader. It's a direct competitor to the Kindle. But in actuality, it's much nicer than the Kindle to me because it has a very nice color touchscreen. And, of course, the, the Kindle uses the e-pages, e-ink pages, which are slow to refresh, black and white, 12, 16 colors of gray and stuff like that. So uh, I don't really consider that to be much of a computer. It's good for reading. But the... Android market has not really blossomed yet. There are a few Android tablets around, and everybody understands, I hope, that there are two basic operating systems for uh, tablet computers, the iOS by Apple and Android by Google. And Android has a lot of apps, and it has uh, quite a following, but it doesn't have a lot of hardware at the moment. And frankly, some of the hardware is... Uh, uh, quite a lot more expensive than than the Apple. Now, the cool thing is, that, I'm going to whisper this to you because this is very much under the table, is, is that the Nook, the Barnes & Noble Color Nook, actually runs a crippled version of Android. Is this legal? It's my machine. I can do what I want to with it. You can, with a little bit of work, you can turn the Android, the Nook, into a full-blown Android tablet that will go to the Android Marketplace, which is like the iTunes Store, and you can download the apps from there and install them. It comes with... <laughs> 
it comes really crippled. You cannot. You can do uh, web browsing, but you can't do email, and you can't install anything else on it. But once it has been turned into an Android tablet, which, by the way, is free you can then use it uh, for whatever you want to. And you can install all the cool games. And many of us have spent some hours playing Angry Birds or Cut the Rope or Crossword Puzzles or Sudoku or whatever you play. You can do it on the Android tablet. Very nice color screen. This is a quality product. Uh, some of the cheap Android tablets have a very cheap, <laughs> very low-priced feel to them. And this I found out, uh, I, I've now, they call it r rooting, or in this case, nooking, um, <laughs> which is kind of a strange name, uh, but the nook, so they, they usually call this rooting the nook by doing a little bit of connection to your laptop computer or your desktop and downloading a little bit of software and you put it onto a mini SD card. You put that in, it essentially reconfigures the operating system in the Nook so that it's a full-blown operating system, a full-blown Android tablet. It's like being possessed. Invasion well, of the body snatchers. No, quite the contrary. It's like it's been opened up because what has happened is, is that Barnes & Noble has put some locks on things so that it cannot blossom and really do its thing. Why would they do that? Because they're selling it as an e-reader. But if they could sell it and as they a want more to sell powerful you books. machine, then you well, could do so much more and you might buy it more but likely. They, that's not what they're interested in. They're interested in selling you books. And now we have the Kindle on it, for instance. So we can buy books from somebody so else. Yeah, all the books that we have already bought from Kindle, from Amazon, we can now put on the Android tablet. This seems and illegal. No. Is it illegal to put them on your iPhone? No, because it's a sanctioned... The, operating, the Android operating system is free. The <laughs> breaking software is free. Um, so the, everything is just fine. You can download it. It's freely available. And I will put a couple of links up. I did it from my Mac, but you can do it uh, easily from your Windows machine also. Well, downloading music used to be free, too. Nobody's charging for this. Hmm. If you had to install, well, if you install Windows that you had to buy illegally, that would be that would be illegal. But this machine is mine. I mean, I bought this, and I can do with it as I want. If I buy a car, I can take it and drive it any place I want to. There's nothing illegal about that. If I want to take and modify, but it, you're not turning if, it into a tractor. But if if I wanted to, I could. If I wanted to take a if I wanted to take a car and cut the roof off of it, I could, right? I guess. I can put big tires on it and change and customize it all I want to. So this is just a form of customization. So there is no legal issue. However, it does void the warranty. <laughs> so that if you have to take it back, you may have a little bit of trouble, although they have an unrooting kit so that you can put it back to its normal state. How do you spell root? R-O-O-T. Oh. I'm going to give you some reports about this, and I will put the links up to a couple of websites that have videos that show you how to do it. It took me... Uh, half an hour and or maybe maybe an hour and it is something that anybody could do if you follow the directions and it just needs to be done once and I, I assume this is kind of like jailbreak breaking your iPhone which might be somewhere also which I haven't done but uh, we'll check out how the Android marketplace compares to the Apple marketplace Nook is a seven-inch screen, whereas the and it, but and it's very comparable to the iPad screen in terms of quality. And in sunshine, it would be about the same. I would think. In sunshine, it would be about the same. But we can watch Netflix on it. You know, it, the form factor is a little bit. 
Well, better for some situations. I'm going to be interested to try that out and see. But it does do now. It does YouTube and it does uh, Netflix and it does all the stuff that you would expect it to, that you can, any app that you want to put on it. It would fit in my purse better. Yes. And it has a very nice battery life. Uh, I think the Nook is a quality product, so you might want to take a look at it. And if you're looking for a $250 Android tablet, this is the way to do it. Too much technology? Well, that happens to me fairly regularly. (laughs) Oh, jeez. Well, that's why I spend time in the cave, the technology cave, where we are now, making all of this stuff happen. So we uh, do have some other topics that we like to talk about. Um, And, of course, if you're interested in the Android uh, routing, uh, let me know, and I'll share with you my experiences. We found another website called Fuely. Fuely is a site that lets you track, share, and compare your gas mileage. Simply sign up, add a car or motorcycle, and begin tracking your mileage. I assume an RV, too. To date, 48,985 Fuely users have tracked over a million fuel-ups in 66,000 vehicles over 360 million million miles miles of of driving. So you can compare your gas mileage with other people's, and that would be interesting. We get very consistent 8.3 miles to the gallon and uh, have since day one pretty much. So I I would like to see how that compares to other RVers, and maybe you'd like to share that with us sometime. Oh, I also um, have some comments about the Weingart Sensar digital TV meter, which I put in last time. Didn't we talk about it last time? I talked about installing it. As a matter of fact, you made some nasty comments about how the... There was swearing involved. (laughs) That's what I said. Well, the swearing has gone away, and it's now installed. And I found it to be a very useful tool to have. It helped you with tuning. It helps me with tuning. But once again, I found that we were getting stations from Lexington. Louisville and, Indi- and Indianapolis. We were between those Louisville two. and Indianapolis, that's right. And they were like a polar opposite locations. And boy, you take that thing and you turn just... It's very sensitive. So I can only tell you that... Uh, if you are in kind of a fringe area that you need to tune your TV antenna extremely accurately in order to get the, the maximum signal strength. And, of course, digital signals are kind of annoying when they go bad because this picture just freezes or you get the picture no sound or something like that. The thing that was confusing to me is, is that it has uh, a gain switch, which is interesting, which is a, like a volume switch for the TV signals. Um, and of course, you probably want to turn that up to the maximum, except in, in uh, very uh, high quality settings. But it also has, it, it, it tells you the signal strength by the channel. <laughs> and as the navigator will tell you, TV signals have changed dramatically. So you can't look at the signal on the screen and tell what channel you're getting. Now, does that make any sense to you at all? No. Why not? Because the channel 7 should be channel 7. But channel 7 is no longer channel 7 because they have gotten rid of the VHF band. This which is, is why people like me don't like technology. It's needlessly confusing. No. it's It's got a legacy which is still in effect. I don't care. Well, they made some changes for the better. So the, in Chicago, we have channels basically 257 and 9. 
they used to be broadcast on channels 257 and 9, but since the digital revolution, they are no longer broadcast on channels 257 and 9 because that frequency spectrum has been taken over by something else. So they're now up in the UHF areas. So now you tune around and it says you're getting channel 36 and you're getting a very strong, you have no idea what channel that station that really is. So it's confusing in that way, but don't be confused. So it's potluck TV watching. So you push the button and it lets you... you watch whatever you get. It, no, you push the button on the digital TV meter and it tells you what station you're tuning, you're, you're getting, and the signal strength you're getting. And it's a nice scale going from 0 to 100, so you really get a lot of uh, definition in terms of your signal strength, but you don't know which channel it is unless you're... I guess you could go look it up. I should go do that and see if I can find out. What channel is does Channel 5 use? That really seems like an oxymoron, doesn't it? What channel does Channel 5 use? It it's depends on what city you're in. Yeah, you know, that's another thing, which we won't get into now. Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> yeah, I'm still here. You're there, but the rest of the people aren't. Oh, oh. We found a really good video for those of you who are newbies or those of you who are listening to us from foreign lands. Uh, when we talk about RVs, we have um, acronyms and rather inscrutable names for Class A, Class B, pop-ups, trailers, fifth wheels. What, what on earth is all this stuff? So this video does a very nice job of demonstrating in an objective uh, way the various kinds of RVs that you can find on roads in America, shows you the interior, shows you what it looks like to drive them, and points out a few um, unique qualities that each of these kinds of RVs have. The number one question we get in email is, which style of RV should I buy? And boy, we have a tough answer to that. We have a Class A because we find it's the best. But we have For gone, us at this point in our lives. For us at this lives. point in our lives, right. Uh, but we have gone through tenting, pop-ups, travel trailers, fifth wheels, Conversion van. Conversion van, and now into the Class A. And so we've had a fair amount of experience, but for every part of our life, each one of those was a good choice. And I don't really regret any of them, but I can understand the confusion that many people have when they look at the many different kinds of models. And this video gives you some good ideas about the differences and what you can expect in terms of pricing and that sort of stuff. Now, we wouldn't want to forget another piece of technology here. Haven't you always wanted to have a, a nice lens for your phone camera? No. <laughs> I hardly ever take pictures with my If I want to take a picture, I have a camera that's the same size as my phone that takes great pictures. And it's in my purse. Oh. Well, I found a very cool website that's called Photo Jojo. P-H-O-T-O-J-O-J-O. And they sell a, a wide-angle lens, a macro lens, and a fisheye lens for your cell phone, particularly your iPhone. And the cool part about it is it doesn't have to be left on the camera most of the time. You only put it on when you need it. And I saw the pictures. They're quite impressive. As a matter of fact, this site has quite a few cool things that us techie photographer types really enjoy. So I have, have one of these on the way, and I'm going to give it a try. So you've got your I'll phone. I'll post pictures next time. You've got your phone in your pocket, and then you're going to have this lens that's the size of an egg in your pocket, too? What will people think is in my pocket? It'll look kind of weird. <laughs> no, I'm going to keep it in my breast pocket. Okay. 
I like wide angle and I wanted a fisheye and it's kind of a cool effect and iPhone 4 5 is going to have an 8 megapixel camera on it so it'll actually be a decent camera oh that that help that will yes. help and that'll be our next phone a trip in an RV shouldn't ruin your marriage <laughs> Mistakes happen, especially when you're somewhere unfamiliar, but the results of a recent survey may still surprise you. The survey found that among RVers, a spouse is more likely to be accidentally left behind than the dog. Now, they don't tell you whether it was on purpose or, well, they do say accidentally, accidentally. But I don't know if that's really true. We did leave behind one of our fellow <laughs> teachers one year when we were taking students on a bus trip through Europe, but Poor we girl. have never forgotten each, each other. Yeah. But it's easy to imagine, especially, you yeah. should, I nearly always am sitting yes. up front with you, so you would notice if I wasn't but if there. You were the, if you thought somebody was at the back napping Sleeping or something, or but, cooking and the dog, or something. of course, yeah. who knows about that. So they surveyed a bunch of RVers, and they found some common blunders while they're traveling. Driving away with the steps extended. Well, we talked about that last time, and that happens to everybody, except for those people with automatic steps. Backing, Backing into, into something. something. Everybody ah. does that. Backup camera's wonderful. Misjudging overhead or side cleared space. Everybody's done that, including me. Uh, but we've been lucky. Haven't caused a lot of damage. Not connecting the tail lights correctly. And running out of gas. <laughs> running out of gas. I've been seeing on the news that people are running out of yeah, gas more the these cars. days because they can't afford to fill up. And they try to make it just a little bit farther on that $7 worth of gas that they put in their tank. This is a surprise. The survey found that 53% of RVers spend a month or more each year traveling on the open road. And 42% travel more than 500 miles per trip. That's interesting. I mean, it kind of surprises me that it's so high. And then they also say traveling the open road in an RV can be a great adventure, but sometimes it gets a little bumpy, and that's why RVers were also asked about their insurance. When mishaps happen, you want to get back on the road fast, ideally with all your passengers on board. Only 28% bought a standalone insurance policy with specialized RV coverage. We were forced to do that. Well, the only time that we have really had a major RV mishap was when I totaled our <laughs> travel oh, Trailer and shut down Interstate 70 on the 4th of July. Um, and then we Would you were, like to explain that further? And then we were insured by our normal car insurer and were, were dealt with in a very fair way, I thought. Yes, I thought so, too. But now that we have a much more expensive vehicle, we were forced to get specialized RV because insurance our, yeah, for it. The car, and, and we've been very happy because it's it's insuring both the, all of the contents and replacement value, and it also insures... Uh, such a big vehicle, um, and they did it for a very reasonable rate, I think. Comparably speaking, it would be much more expensive if we had it on a... And I've also read that if you're dealing with a car insurance company, they don't really understand yeah. RVs. Why should they? And some of the issues that we have that are unique to us. So it pays to shop around for your RV insurance, and if you have a motorized one, then you probably have a specialized policy. But uh, probably you don't have it through one of the the car insurance companies. And then I'm surprised that Mr. Technology chose to include this month an article called RV Fashionista. Well, 
given his high interest in clothing trends. Um, but certainly this article raises a question that people often have when you're traveling by RV. What kind of clothes do you need? Should you bring what you take on a typical vacation? You're not quite camping like you do when you're in a tent, but you're not in a resort or a hotel. Uh, so what should you bring? Well, my general philosophy is to bring everything. <laughs> I was just going to say that, but I didn't want to embarrass you. <laughs> so they're saying that you should select clothing based on comfort and function uh, and clothes that are versatile and durable and breathe well in uh, hot weather or when you're doing something active and you're perspiring. should be easy to clean. That's a, a point no I would agree cleaning. with. Right, because that's a hassle when you're on the road. On uh, the standard clothes for RVing tends to be jeans, a T-shirt, and athletic shoes. Comfortable, but not necessarily the best choice. And I certainly like Crocs for yeah. running around. The thing I notice when I'm at home, I wear a much greater variety of shoes. But when we're in the RV, that's because you have 85 pair. Well, I bring a lot in the RV too. No, you walk out I the don't. door and you're often in mud or mm, wet. Yeah, and and you're much more vulnerable to Which the is weather. Why I would like the crocs. Right, right. So I, I tend to use fewer shoes, even though I still bring them, uh-huh. uh, than I do at home. That would be the main Sounds thing I would say. Sounds good. Okay. And certainly. Um, cl- Clothing that you don't have to iron or fuss around with because you're if you're on vacation. And my philosophy is I have a whole different set of clothes in the RV. And when I go into the RV, it's like I just went to the store and bought all sorts of new stuff because I haven't worn it since the last time I was in the RV. But then he might be surprised because he doesn't have any shorts. <laughs> Or a bathing suit. So my philosophy is to very carefully but select... But I could leave in the RV in 10 minutes. I get in and drive away, and I'd have all my stuff. More or less. We have this big argument all the time. Do you have this argument about how to store your stuff? She brings everything in every time it takes hours. I just leave it all out there and have a duplicate set inside. But then I have all the perfect I have enough things. underwear to have outside and have inside. And I have this different pairs of shoes outdoors. She's looking at me like I'm crazy. Okay, I probably am partially crazy. To each his own. Okay, to each his own. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. And we have for 100 years. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm 65, I can almost believe that. The RV checklist. Now, many of you are going to be getting on the road very soon. Uh, we, of course, are just coming off the road, but for the summer travelers... If you've been uh, in storage... forward to getting that guy out of storage and getting it on the road. And we have an article here about uh, the RV checklist before you hit the road. Because it can the, be so tempting just to jump in and start driving. Yes, indeed. With the glory days of spring now upon us, avid RV enthusiasts across the country are gearing up to hit the road. While you may be ready for your next journey, your RV may not be. If you are a diehard traveler looking to get the most out of your RV, there are a number of simple routine tasks that you can perform to help you ensure, help ensure that you're getting the most out of your investment. Number one, low tires are a no-no. I absolutely agree with that one. That'll wear out your tires very quickly and will cause you to have an unsafe trip. I have the tire pressure sensors that uh, go on it, so I always know that my tires are within spec. Take a minute to check your brakes. Oh, take a break to check your brakes. <laughs> Make sure your vehicle's axles are in good shape. One of the easiest ways to do this is to pack your bearings and check them at least once a year if your vehicle lets you do that. Yes. Now we don't have bearings to pack, right? 
Oh, on the RV we do. We do. As a matter of fact, on our front bearings, we have actually liquid oil that, that, that they float in, which has to be checked once a year, like at the Spartan, Spartan Rally. Rally. I guess that's One of the 44-point checks that we need to do. Well, I can remember um, when we had the fifth wheel, we would take it in and have them Yes. Packed. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. And we did that regularly. That, but that's with grease. And the, yeah. I mean, it's a similar process, but it definitely needs to, to be checked. And we had that done a couple of times, well, once a year. Yeah, is basically I remember doing that. Have it done. A dry RV is a sad RV. Don't forget your RV gets thirsty too. Check its fluids regularly and keep your RV's mechanical features running as efficiently as possible. Check the oil, the coolant. And lastly, tighten those lug nuts. You don't want the tires to fall off so or the wheels to fall off, so tighten those lug nuts. We, we now need to go back and see the rehash of the wedding and it's possible remember the deal we made with you that while we are at home we might not talk to you again for a whole month unless we can come up with some better stuff I gotta get back to the wedding I want to hear how, where the, the royal honeymoon is going to be she doesn't care listeners of all ages we appreciate your listenership and we've heard from people who've been listening since episode one i hope you're one of them and And we hope to have episode 67 in the can and we will have at least 67 more really i would hope so good we'll do it as long as we can so thanks for listening we'll talk to you again soon bye now are they going to be at a campground near us no no